This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Hi, I'm Hanif Baharudin and this is Gigi Well Played, BFM's video game show. We're going to be looking at the trouble that's affecting the development of Ubisoft's next game that's scheduled to come out this year called Skull and Bones in this week's show. But before that, here's a recap of some of the biggest news in the world of gaming with Daryl Ong and of Neil Ting. Alright, kicking off proceedings, we're going to start with Gotham Knights by Warner Brothers Games Montreal. The developers announced on their social media that the current development of the game is now complete, or in industry terms, the game has now gone gold. This means that barring any other unforeseen circumstances, the game should be able to meet its release date this coming October. Despite going gold, the developers will continue working on the game and any additional updates will be addressed in a day one patch when the game is released. Gotham Knights looked promising when it was first announced and while the initial hype surrounding the game has slowed down just a bit, based on our observation, the game might be still worth talking about. But we'll see. We'll see indeed. Up next, after Uncharted, The Last of Us and Ghost of Tsushima, Sony is planning to turn another IP of theirs into a movie. The IP in question is Days Gone. According to reports, Sony PlayStation Productions will be making a feature-length version of the action-adventure game that was released in 2019. You play as former biker Deacon St. John as he tries to survive the zombie apocalypse accompanied by his companion, his trusty bike. Our producer, Hanif, played the game during the pandemic and he said that the game is actually pretty fun to play with a decent story that's pretty engaging. The script for the movie version of the game will reportedly be written for Sheldon Turner who was responsible for 2011's X-Men First Class. He's also reportedly working on a live-action Splinter Cell film. Deacon will reportedly be played by Sam Hughan who stars in the historical drama Outlander. Mm. This news comes despite Band Studio, the developer of the game, announcing that their next project will be a new IP and not a sequel to this game. You would think that Sony will be looking to capitalise on things, but I guess not for Days Gone, it seems. Regardless, we look forward to seeing this movie as well as Band Studio's next project. Yeah, moving on, Blizzard has confirmed that the highly anticipated Diablo 4 will not include any loot boxes and that you will not be able to pay for power. Instead, it will be a full-price game but will offer battle passes and costs Cosmetics through an in-game store a la Overwatch. They announced this in their latest development update which also included an explanation as to how the game will be structured. The post-launch content for the game will be arranged around seasons that will rotate every three months, with each new season feeling like a fresh start for players. Apart from offering traditional seasonal battle passes, the season journey model from Diablo 3 will be making a comeback too. For the uninitiated, season journey is a free progression system that lets players earn rewards by completing challenges. Blizzard hasn't shared prices of its season pass nor how many tiers will be available for purchase. They also reiterated that while the in-game shop will offer a variety of different customization items, the best-looking cosmetics aren't exclusive to the shop. This means that the fanciest armors can only be earned via item drops that players can earn through playing the game. I guess after the debacle that happened with Diablo Immortal, Blizzard feels the need to reaffirm these messages to gamers to make sure that there won't be any confusion or pre judgment made on Diablo 4. 
Last but not least, Netflix's plans to expand to the gaming world is becoming more and more serious. This comes after a few publications spotted their latest job advertisement that's put out by the company looking for a new senior software engineer with experience in game development. Mm. Apart from all the important and necessary coding skills, Netflix is also looking for someone who has experience in Unity or Unreal game engines and is planning to rapidly expand new game offerings on their service. Netflix has been pretty ambitious in their attempt to get people playing games on its service. This includes acquiring studios such as Next Games and Oxenfree to help strengthen their offerings. But so far, only 1.7 million out of 221 million Netflix subscribers actually engage with the service's game feature on a daily basis. That's not a great number and hence, that's why Netflix is perhaps working at getting this sorted out properly. Well, that's all we have for this week's news. Back to you, Hanif. Thank you very much, Daryl and Ofnil. After being in limbo since it was first announced a few years ago, Ubisoft Singapore's Skull and Bones will finally see the light of day this November. But the game's journey is far from smooth as it was riddled with a lot of problems since the game was first mooted. In today's episode, Jonathan Leo, content director at kakuchopere.com, will take you through the journey of the game's development and the problems they face along the way. Well, the game was officially announced in 2017 with a 2018 release date. But in terms of development, this game has been in the making since the release of Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag, which was back in 2013, when the PlayStation 4 debuted at that year. So Ubisoft Singapore was actually... They were responsible for the naval combat in both Assassin's Creed 3 and Assassin's Creed 4. So naturally, Ubisoft had the idea of making a full-fledged game out of it. But it actually started out as a multiplayer expansion, a planned multiplayer expansion for AC4 Black Flag like a post-launch update for that particular year onward. However, the expansion took a life of its own. It became a prototype called Black Flag Infinity. That's a working title. Then after a few years, it morphed into its own IP called Skull and Bones. As I mentioned before, it was announced in 2017 and then with a 2018 release date. Then after a couple of major E3 presentations in those years, the game was delayed indefinitely and a couple of times from... 2019 to 2020 until its final November 2022 release date. So between 2018 to 2022, let's just say a lot of stuff has happened which we are going to get into. Uh, I assume because it was inspired or it was derived from uh, Assassin's Creed Black Flag, does that mean that it also probably used the same engine? That's the thing. It was using the same engine within the year of 2013, 14, 15, but because technology is always ever-changing and shifting, if you're too late to capitalize on something, the tech teams on Ubisoft's side has to basically scrap it and create something based on whatever new technology they have. So it was... I mean, I okay, just to get ahead of myself, the reason why this game has been pushed back is because there wasn't even a clear decision and design focus on the game. Simply put, the developers... Do, I mean... When they had a clear idea for the game, it was shifted, changed back and forth. When it was brought to the France office, which is the main Ubisoft office, they changed it up and then back to the drawing board all over again. So it's a very classic case of a game being mismanaged because there was no clear vision. And even if the game had a clear vision, it wasn't fought hard enough to the point where a lot of the management and even the Ubisoft editorial team were trying to make a 
game by the numbers, a design by committee by approach, which basically just messed it up and then the game was being developed over and over again. Suffice to say, this game has gone through a number of restarts and reboots. In fact, when it was actually announced in 2017 and had that really cool 2018 presentation in E3, the game was also restarted and rebooted all over again. I think it was two times until the design was actually finalized to become a ship combat game in 2020, coming up in 2022 for the 2022 reveal. What was what's, what's Ubisoft Singapore's track record like, um, I guess, prior to um, developing Skull and Bones? Uh, back in 2009, they worked on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Turtles in Time Reshell, which is a remake of TMNT, Turtles in Time, the arcade version back in the 90s. It was the first project and it was actually bad. I did a feature on this with one of the ex-leads of the game talking about why and how. The interviews on the KKP.com. But after that, I mean, despite that, they actually, it was just a way to get the name across and then they had minor contributions in terms of graphics and assets and whatnot for Assassin's Creed 2 and Prince of Persia, The Forgotten Sands. Now, their major contributions have been Assassin's Creed 3's Naval Combat, a number of Assassin's Creed titles like Unity, Syndicate, and Origins, and Odyssey, and a couple of others. They also did the free-to-play game Ghost Recon Phantoms, a PvP tactical shooter that has been around from 2012 to 2016. And of course, uh, the naval combat for Assassin's Creed 4, Black Flag, which led to the creation, the, the morphing of a single IP in terms of Skull and Bones from 2014 onward. Mm, all right. So, uh, the game was last showcased, um, I think, in E3 2018, and after that, we didn't hear much from the game until right recently, like this year, right? So, uh, w- what happened in between? Can you fill in the gap? Uh, yes, I can. Again, this is all reports online. There's actually no hard confirmation on this, but at the same time, this is all interview answers, uh, from questions from former Ubisoft employees who are obviously anonymous to protect the careers. A lot of people behind the project back then said there was no clear creative vision behind it. The game suffered from too many managers vying for power, hence the office politics stuff I mentioned, and the game getting annual reboots and refreshes from 2014 onward. The core gameplay hasn't been nailed down since. Like, people wanted to... Some developers wanted it to be like Assassin's Creed Black Flag 4, but by itself. Some people wanted ship combat. Some people wanted it to be like Pirates, uh, the 2002 reboot back in the day, but with the Ubisoft kind of spin to it. But there were so many ideas, but they didn't actually tie down what they wanted with Skull and Bones ultimately. And with these kind of projects, you need a strong lead designer to protect the idea, to protect his idea and everything, to make sure that it pulls through within the development time. But unfortunately, a lot of the higher-ups back then, they actually left the company halfway through because they were basically sick with dealing with Ubisoft mismanagement and corporate shuffling and whatnot and office politics. Even with the 2017 reboot of the game, which is focused on ship combat, that version of the game got scrapped and somehow became like a survival game following the template of Rust and Ark. Uh, survival evolve those kind of games where crafting and making components are the key essential way to survive and yeah even in the middle of 2020 the game's direction shifted yet again and the game is still even evolving up until the major 2022 announcement in July with the 
live stream and everything, that whole big marketing bit that happened. And of course, the Ubisoft office abuse and sexual harassment blowout that happened a couple of years back did not help matters and it actually did put Ubisoft Singapore in a bit of a spotlight, although it's the worst kind. Yeah, let's, let's talk about that. Um, well, Ubisoft, you know, whether Singapore or uh, the global um, office, like you mentioned, have been involved in, in, in um, a lot of scandals, right? Um, I guess to a certain extent, did that somehow interrupt the flow of, of development of, of that game or even like the, the, the branch itself, you know? Uh, it indirectly affected the development of Skull and Bones in a morale kind of sense. And there are actually a bunch of higher-ups in Ubisoft Singapore who, who left or at least were demoted because of that issue. But this problem of Skull and Bones development has been ongoing even without the scandal. It's because of the mismanagement of the project and the lack of direction before the revealed workplace issues. And this problem has been persistent for the game's eight-year development cycle. We're talking about rushed ideas here. We're talking about Ubisoft Singapore, who are brand new to shipping an original title on their own. That's not an F2P game. And as well as uh, the global editorial team trying to design the game by committee. And we're talking about cultural culture clashes that, you know, different manage- managerial styles in Ubisoft Singapore that, you know, had people like stagnating the project and changing it up back and forth. And this is coupled with like the ongoing issues of the Singapore offices on competitive salaries, the wage discrimination, and like I mentioned, the office politics. And because of the story we talked about, the toxic managers who are, you know, making the workplace a quote-unquote living hell in, in that sense. If you want further proof on this, you can go check out Ubisoft Singapore's Glassdoor review page. That tells you all you need to know, like based on all the many reviews it has. That was Jonathan Leo from Kakuchopoli.com sharing the story behind Skull and Bones' troubled development so far. We're going to make way for some messages. Stay tuned. This is Gigi Well Played on BFM 89.9. BFM 89.9, listening to Gigi Well Played, I'm your host Hanif Baharudin. Joining me on the show today is Jonathan Leo, Content Director at Kakochopore.com. We've been talking about the development problems facing Ubisoft Singapore's Skull and Bones ahead of their supposed release at the end of this year. Another interesting aspect that's hovering above the game and the company involves the Singapore government. Jonathan explains. So... The way to keep Ubisoft Singapore afloat is to get like generous government grants because the Singapore NDA side and the people involved know that Ubisoft is a big company and having a Singapore branch means, hey, if we're helping this, we're also getting some cred, you know, like some gaming and, you know, popularity. It's good PR, basically. But, I mean, yeah, so far they've been helping out with the many projects that they've been doing not just for TMNT but also a bunch of other titles. I think Ghost Recon Phantoms is like the big case for the Singapore government to give them generous grants. And with the promise of Skull and Bones, that's also another incentive to, you know, further to keep furthering it, basically. So the Singapore government will give Ubisoft Singapore subsidies as long as the company launches original brand new IPs in the next few years. So far, from 2015 to 2022, nothing major has happened in that sense. And with the Singapore government probably allegedly pressuring Ubisoft Singapore to deliver. That's why Skull and Bones is coming out on this November this year. Because if it does not come out, like before the March fiscal year of next year, 
the government can actually take legal action, you know, to do maybe sue the company for, you know, not delivering on what was promised. Yeah, so I guess that's why we're finally seeing the, I guess, a push for the game this year, right? Yes, <laughs> uh, no, not by choice, mind you. Although, to be fair, a company should not be, you know, delaying. A, they should at least just get this game out of the gate, la, out the door, like maybe five years or six years be- prior. But, you know, I don't run a company that this big, so who knows? Maybe they have their own reasons, right? Yeah, but but I mean, but despite I guess the drama behind the game, they are one way or another trying their best to somehow I guess market the game, right? Um, we've seen a lot of trailers for the game. Uh, based on your opinion, I'm uh, seeing seeing the trailers and also I guess knowing the trouble behind the scene. Uh, what 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 do you think of the uh, the game so far? What what's your impression of it? Well, the hype that was in 2017 and 2018 for Skull and Bones has already died down. It's literally in the digital graveyard. People aren't really clamoring for a game like this unless they're directly benefiting like, like from it, like maybe paid sponsorship or whatnot. The 2022 trailer and gameplay feature with the live streams and the presentation with the new Singapore team working on that, it was a valiant effort. I'll give them that. But looking at the game and the general online feedback, as well as my own personal impressions, people already know, myself even, that this is a game that's dead on arrival. It's like... Ubisoft is just releasing it for the sake of releasing it. Just get it over and done with. People's expectations for Skull and Bones had been set since all the way back in Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag. They kind of wanted a sequel to that or a spiritual successor. So technically, they already have like a template right there. But maybe it's office, again, office politics and mismanagement and people just wondering, they have no clear focus on what. But I mean, the game ended up becoming a ship combat focused title. That's full price, mind you, which is fine. But again, if you're paying this, I mean, but the messaging for the marketing has always been ever-changing, like from the official 2017 announcement up till now, which I guess you could say it mirrors the behind-the-scenes stuff that's going on with Ubisoft Singapore and the parent office trying to handle the project. So I guess it's like art imitating life in that sense. Um, but regardless, do you think they're gonna they're gonna be making a full push for this game? Because I think this is uh, again another uh, big budget game, and to some extent, I think this is what they have in store before another release uh, in the lineup, right? I think. Well, the push has already been done in July when you and I have seen the gameplay live stream trailer for the game. That's pretty much the only marketing this game is ever gonna get from. The company's public intent, they just want this game out of the way to possibly avoid possible repercussions from the people who gave them the grants in the first place. The game, okay, now there's a bit of light in the tunnel. Like the game comes out, it'll get the reviews and everything. Now, maybe in the next six months, if they still care about the project, the dev team will work on the game post-launch, have more content, make it substantial and fun, you know, for the next six, seven, eight months, you know, keep it stable, afloat and alive, so to speak. And, you know, having its own sizable community. But then again, Ubisoft has killed off some of its other online titles like Hyperscape. Did you remember playing that? Yeah. Yeah, that was uh, was alive for a couple of months and then it was dead, right? Mm -hmm. So, again, and then Ubisoft has always this history of, you know, preserving titles, like having titles under development hell. I mean, as much as I used, I did want this game Beyond Good and Evil 2 to come out, but... That hasn't happened since ever. So, yeah, I mean, unfortunately, this is, again, like I mentioned, this is a case of a game that's dead dead on arrival. I'd like to be proven wrong, but again, 
this is so far, it's basically seems it's just out for the sake of being out, basically. So so for people who do want to play this kind of game, I guess one way or another, maybe Sea of Thieves is a better alternative, I suppose. Yeah, uh, Sea of Thieves is a better alternative because that game, despite the earlier mediocre reviews, the Rare has been sticking to the guns with this passion project for so many months and years and it really paid off and having people playing the game over time, it worked. So Skull and Bones could actually follow that path. But at the same time, Ubisoft has other bigger titles they would rather focus on, like Assassin's Creed and Far Cry. So again, and also uh, Brawlhalla. That's also the one other big game, Brawlhalla. Yeah. And earlier you mentioned uh, Beyond Good and Evil 2. Yeah, that's something that's pretty interesting as well. I mean, since we're on the subject, what, what, what happened to that game? Well, the lead project creator for that game, Mikael Ansel, he left ages ago, so the project is floundering. It is still being developed by a small team, and Lord knows what's happening with that project. Like, I thought it was going to be like a normal action-adventure game, but when I saw the last recent gameplay footage of that, it looks more like a semi-offline MMO-style kind of game, which is not what I want out of Beyond Good and Evil 2. I guess, to an extent, I mean, maybe foreseeing it, is this another Skull and Bones in the making? <laughs> uh, that, yeah, definitely. Um, definitely. As much as I prefer Beyond Good and Evil as a franchise, I already know that this is something, I'm, I'm, unless a miracle happens, it's not going to work out as intended. But, I mean, as in terms of the company's fate, all that, Ubisoft and Ubisoft Singapore are going to be fine because at the end of the day, Ubisoft uh, Montpellier, the main studio, will still need people to make assets and graphics and churn them out on time for their upcoming Assassin's Creed titles and their upcoming Far Cry titles. So they still need Ubisoft Singapore and the other Southeast Asian and Asian offices in that extent. So the the, 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 the studio will be fine. Mm, okay, yeah, right. Regardless of whether the game will be good or not. Uh, will the KKP team be reviewing the game? Uh, probably, probably. Uh, definitely. We'll see. You sound pessimistic, but... Maybe we can get a definite answer once the game is, is released, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. All right. Okay, before I let you go, um, I understand that um, KKP will be uh, appearing at Animangaki. Yeah, maybe you can tell us a bit about that. Uh, yes, we will be appearing at Animangaki on the 27th and 28th of August. That's on the Saturday and Sunday. We will be at the fighting arena, the fighting game arena, where we have a small little arcade booth where we have a couple of joysticks, we have a high score challenge for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Shredder's Revenge. So basically, if you get a high score, you get to win a long box Pizza Hut party box voucher that's worth 99 RM. We have eight for giveaways, so if you win... So basically, if you're the top four for each of the days, you'll win the coupon. So that's probably worth a lot because it's a big box, by the way. (laughs) <laughs> yeah um, very and very thematic price too I mean considering the game <laughs> as a yes yes good call. definitely yeah and you'll be there uh, on both days right both days that's correct the arcade setup will be there for both days yes alright fantastic okay looking forward to that uh, thank you so much for joining us John alright thanks a lot you're tuned in to GG Well Played and that was Jonathan Leo content director at kakuchopare.com talking about the troubles surrounding the development of Ubisoft's Skull and Bones. If you'd like to listen to this episode again, look for the podcast on pfm.my, our app available on the Apple App Store or Google Play and you can also find this podcast on Spotify. Do share your thoughts and the games that you play via our email ggwp at bfm.my Don't forget to also follow the station on Twitter at BFM Radio. My name is Sanif Baharudin. Thanks for joining us. Game on and please take care. This has been GG Well Played. 
You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.